so you can feel connected to other people even when you're on your own. If you're in a good state of mind and you're thinking of someone, it's so easy to feel connected to them, even if they're on the other side of the planet. Even if they're on the other side of the planet. And you can feel connected to nature. You can feel connected to your own body. Get curious. As soon as you're curious, you want to do something. You want to connect with someone. And again, it could be connecting with a hobby. It could be connecting with nature. It could be going for a run or a hike or making some art or doing some writing or calling a friend. What if the pain in life comes from not expressing those pent-up good feelings? What if there's pent-up confidence? that we haven't been expressing? What if there's pent-up love? What if there's pent-up curiosity? And what if expressing this pent-up love and curiosity will automatically have you feel connected to whatever it is you want to feel connected to, or whoever it is you want to feel connected to? This is the Gordon Faulkner Podcast, episode number two. Feeling lonely and disconnected? Here's what I do. Seven steps to connection. So for much of my life, I've struggled with the experience of anxious and depressive thinking that often had a flavor of loneliness attached to it. So in this episode, I'm going to be giving you what I've done over the years that has helped me move from the experience of feeling lonely and disconnected to connected to loving, to curious. And I genuinely hope that you integrate some of these lessons from this episode into your own common sense, into your own intuition. Because remember, this is just my story. This is just what's worked well for me. Some of it you might resonate with and make sure to integrate with your own common sense, your own intuition, because then you're going to get even more value from listening to this episode. And if you enjoy this episode, leave a positive comment if you want to. Give it a thumbs up, subscribe if you haven't already, because doing this helps me keep creating more of these episodes for you. And if you want to learn even more to improve your social confidence, your authenticity, your communication skills, even your dating skills, I've got a great resource for you. You can check the description of this episode and link over and grab a copy of my book, The Social Confidence Questions, 60 Transformative Questions to Help You Feel Confident, Be Authentic, and Connect Deeply. And the great thing about this book is you can get the paperback or the ebook, or even better, the ebook bundle, which comes with three powerful mind reprogramming audios to help you integrate the lessons into your life even easier even faster. So if you're ready, let's dive into the content of episode number two. Feeling lonely and disconnected? Here's what I do. Seven steps to connection. So before I give you these seven things that I do to feel more connected, know that these don't always work for me. Just because a technique or a principle seems to work at times doesn't mean it's always going to work. So be easy on yourself. Just dive into these little tips, integrate them into your own life, see when it works, and be patient with yourself when it doesn't. Even me, the guy that's giving you these tips, 
I still struggle from the feeling of loneliness and disconnection at times. And sometimes I apply these tips and they don't really work. So I just learn to be patient with myself because I know that given enough time, that lonely feeling will change. I'll spontaneously pop into a curious mood or a loving mood. I'll spontaneously pop into a a good mood where I feel connected again. And then I'll take advantage of that and I'll do something with that good mood. I'll go and do something that I want to be doing or I'll connect with someone I want to be connecting with. Having said that, sometimes just reminding myself of these principles, these tips that I'm going to be giving you, sometimes they work wonderfully. Sometimes it's just a, a simple perspective shift or a simple action I can take and I'll start to feel totally connected, totally connected, totally loved and loving, even when I'm on my own. And I'll get to that in a few moments as we go through this episode. So let's just dive right in to tip number one is deconstruct loneliness. Deconstruct. So this is how I do it. For me, if I'm feeling lonely, sometimes there's a bit of anxiety with it. Oh, I'm lonely. For me, it's also a a feeling of a depressive, lonely, anxious feeling. And it feels like a problem when it's happening. So what I've learned to do is just deconstruct it. I ask myself, how am I doing that? How is my unconscious mind creating the experience of loneliness? Because here's the thing. Loneliness, if we pay attention to what's creating that emotion of loneliness or disconnection. It's an internal dialogue sometimes. It's something we're telling ourselves. I'm so alone. It's a a set of mental images. It might be an image of us all on our own and everyone else having fun out there and, and, and we're all on our own. It could be some sounds that go along with that. It could be remembered or imagined things that we've heard other people tell us about ourselves or who we think we are. It could be a set of sensations in the body. It could be how we're using our breathing, our body language. It could be an identity that we have for ourselves. I'm just a lonely person. So it's being constructed moment by moment by moment by our unconscious mind. So simply becoming aware, oh, that's that's some internal dialogue that I'm feeling. Oh, that's some mental imagery that I'm making in my mind. Oh, that's some sensations that are flowing through my body, sensations of loneliness. Just looking at the experience of loneliness in this new way from a few different angles often helps us loosen up, helps us relax a little from identifying with that experience. It gives us room for that experience to begin to change. We develop a new relationship with our experience of loneliness. If loneliness is just an internal dialogue, well, I'm okay with that because that'll change. If loneliness is created by some mental imagery, well, I'm okay with that. I can wait until my mind relaxes and imagine something new. If loneliness is just a sensation in the body, like tightness or... um, Yeah, for me, mostly it's tightness. It's a feeling of of tightness in my chest. Well, I can breathe deeply, and then maybe that 
sensation will change. So you get what I'm saying here? Deconstruct loneliness. And one of the simplest form of deconstruction is just telling yourself, this is a thought that I'm feeling. This is a thought that I'm feeling. Just tell yourself that a few times, and then you might get it. You might get that your emotion comes from within you. And then be patient with yourself. If it doesn't change, if, if, if this stuff doesn't work, just be patient with yourself. Keep practicing. For me, the more times I apply some of these principles, some of these techniques, the more often they're going to work. And the more often I'm going to notice when they work better than other times. So that's number one, deconstruct. Get a little bit of emotional, healthy emotional distance from that experience by observing it in this objective way. So number two, reframe the feeling of loneliness and deconnection. In, I'm sorry, loneliness and disconnection. I forgot that word. Reframe. I reframed it in my mind so powerfully that I forgot what the word even was. Disconnection. So reframe the experience of loneliness and disconnection. Now I'm going to give you one of the most powerful reframes I've ever experienced. And I may have heard this from Tony Robbins years ago. I can't quite remember. But it was something like this. When you're feeling lonely, what if, what if that's actually pent-up love? Maybe you have excess love inside of you. A feeling of loneliness wants us to connect with other people, right? That's what the feeling is there for. It's trying to tell us to connect with others. A feeling of pent-up love. I got all this extra love inside me. Is wanting us to connect with others, is wanting us to share this love with others. So what if when you're feeling lonely, it actually means you have a lot of pent-up love and curiosity? Remember those two words, love and curiosity. Because here's the thing, as soon as you realize that you have pent-up love and curiosity, inside you. Those are good feelings, and it's actually quite easy to share. You pick up the phone, you call a friend you haven't talked in a while, to in a while. You do something you're curious about. It doesn't have to be about connecting with other people. It can be about connecting with a hobby you love doing, or connecting with nature, or creating some art, or doing some writing. You connect with what you're curious to connect with. You have pent-up love and curiosity inside you. Now, this doesn't always work, but there's many times in my life when I've actually been in the experience of a mild depression, which was connected to a feeling of loneliness. And I just snapped myself out of it. I said, Gordon, you're not lonely. You've got pent-up love and curiosity inside you. Now, go do something with that. So I would, I would literally, I'll just pick up the phone and call someone I haven't talked to in months, or I'll message someone. Or I'll tell someone what I appreciate about them. I give. You, you, as soon as you go and start giving your love, it's very difficult to feel lonely. As soon as you realize you have this love and this curiosity inside you, you feel connected. You feel connected. And here's the thing we're taught in uh, modern society. We're taught that there's such thing as pent-up bad feelings, pent-up anger, pent-up 
um, rage, pent up loneliness, pent up whatever it is. What about pent up good feelings? What if the pain in life comes from not expressing those pent up good feelings? What if there's pent up confidence that we haven't been expressing? What if there's pent up love? What if there's pent up curiosity? And what if expressing this pent up love and curiosity will automatically have you feel connected to whatever it is you want to feel connected to or whoever it is you want to feel connected to? I find this to be a powerful, positive perspective shift. Use it. Number three, open up to the possibility of feeling connected while you're on your own. I'll say that again. Open up to the possibility of feeling connected while you're on your own. And most of us have examples of this. There's been times in my life where I'm, I've been on my own all day. I'll be doing a wonderful hike through nature or skateboarding through the city or on a long bike ride. And I just feel connected in my body, aware of the environment, the sun on my face, the wind in my hair. This is sounding very poetic, isn't it? Or romantic. Um, And you feel connected. In these states of mind, I can literally, I can just think of my best friend. I can think of someone I love and I feel completely connected with them, even if they're on the other side of the planet. So you can feel connected to other people, even when you're on your own. If you're in a good state of mind, and you're thinking of someone, it's so easy to feel connected to them. And you can feel connected to nature. You can feel connected to your own body. So open up to the idea of feeling connected, even feeling loved and loving while you're on your own. Because guess what? When you do this, it makes it much easier to feel connected while you're with others, to feel loving and loved while you're with others. Practice feeling connected. So number four, this is one of the most powerful emotions that will help you go from feeling disconnected and even unloved to totally connected and totally loving and possibly loved, is to express curiosity. Now, here's the thing. This isn't going to sound very nice, but I'm allowed to say this because I'm one of those guys that have suffered through depression in my life and with a heavy, heavy uh, flavor of loneliness attached to that depression. So I was one of those guys severely depressed. I'll talk more about that in another episode. And that had a lot to do with loneliness and a feeling of isolation. Guess what's happening when someone's in that state of mind? They're not very curious. It's all about them. I'll use me as an example. When I'm depressed and lonely, it's all about me. Oh, please, world, come and give me some attention. Make me feel better. Now, we we all deserve love and attention, right? But that's the emotion of it. Snap out of it. That's another thing I've told myself, snap out of it. If you're feeling depressed and there's a feeling of loneliness attached to it, get curious. As soon as you're curious, you want to do something, you want to connect with someone. And again, it could be connecting with a hobby, it could be connecting with nature, it could be going for a run or a hike or making some art or doing some writing or calling a friend or meeting some new people going online, meeting people online, or in person, or whatever you're inspired to do. Express curiosity. 
as soon as you get into a curious state of mind, you feel connected to whatever it is you're curious about. You want to learn. Your mind is open. You can feel connected to whatever you're curious about. And again, instead of trying to force yourself, open up to the possibility. Sometimes I'm not curious. And that's okay. You have patience with yourself. To get yourself curious, though, sometimes I literally, I'll just do this. I'll go, hmm, what could I learn today? Or, hmm, who do I want to meet today? Who do I want to reach out and talk to today? Who do I want to reach out and send a message to today? Hmm, just make the sound vibration of curiosity in your mind. Ask a good question and notice yourself becoming curious. Notice yourself feeling connected and even feeling loving. And here's the thing, when you're feeling loving, it's pretty easy to feel loved. It's pretty easy to feel loved. So number five, I believe we're at number five. Here's one for when you're around people, because if you're anything like me, you've had the experience of being around other people and still feeling disconnected, still feeling lonely. It sucks. I used to have this. I used to be in relationships like this, where I would feel completely isolated and alone and disconnected, even while I was with my partner. Even while I was with my partner. It was horrible. It was horrible. But this one little technique I'm going to teach you right now, I've applied this in my life over the last five years, and it's really helped me feel connected, feel loved, feel more present with my friends, with my family, in dating situations. Again, it doesn't always work, but do this, um, and you'll be more present. You'll feel more connected. And when you feel more connected to other people, most of the time they'll naturally start feeling more connected to you. This one is great for the guys. Women are better at this than men. That's a stereotype. I don't know if that's true, what I just said there, but guys... Learn this one. It's going to help your dating life. And it's, if you're in a relationship, it's going to help your connection with your partner. Here it is, number four. Or sorry, number five. Notice the nonverbals. Notice the nonverbals. So when someone is talking at you, instead of just noticing the content of their story, instead of just noticing the meaning, the mental meaning of their story, Notice the nonverbals. Notice their tone of voice. Notice the rhythm and pace of their speaking. Notice their breathing. Notice their body language. Instead of trying to add so much meaning to the nonverbals, just notice as if you're a musician noticing music. Now, guys, this really, really does help. And women, all of you. This really does help if you want to be more present and feel more connected to someone while you're in conversation with them, notice, put some of your attention on their physical being, on their breathing, on their voice tonality, on the rhythm of their speech. What this will also do is give you a deeper intuition about what they're sharing with you. You'll start to get intuitions about when they're being incongruent. You'll start to get intuitions about when they might be lying to you. You'll start to be... in get intuitions about when they are being congruent. You'll start to get intuitions about when they're being um, authentic and when they're sharing their deepest values and heartfelt desires. Your intuition will grow stronger when you pay attention 
to the non-verbals, as well as some of the, the story that they're telling you. Also pay attention to the non-verbals. You'll feel more connected, and a lot of the time they'll also feel more connected to you. So number six, belief change. This one's a powerful one, belief change. So what do you believe about connection? What do you believe about connection? What do you believe about connection? Are there any beliefs that if those beliefs relaxed, dissolved, and disappeared, you'd be able to connect more easily with others? Here's a few that come up for some people. It's hard to connect with others. Well, if you have that belief, then you're probably not going to do anything about connecting with others. There's no good people out there. I, I sometimes have this. Even though I have an amazing history of awesome friends and the most fascinating people, sometimes I've come to the conclusion, oh, there's not many good people out there. There's no interesting people. Well, if I believe that, I'm probably not going to go connect with people. So what beliefs need to dissolve and disappear so that you can more easily connect with others? Another belief is that I have to be around people to feel connected. We've already covered that. When that dissolves and you realize you can feel connected even while you're on your own. That's a benefit there. That's a benefit there. And so what are some positive beliefs? Here's a positive belief that I is growing stronger as I get older because I've kind of shed some of my limiting beliefs. Here's a positive belief. It's so easy to meet people. I mean, I wrote a whole book about it. So there's some techniques in there that'll help you meet people. It's so easy to meet people. It's one of the easiest things is to meet people and make new friends. And my other positive belief that grows stronger as I get older and I realize the importance of connecting and the importance of my social life is there's awesome people out there to meet. Super interesting people. Super interesting people. There's so many interesting people. Now, sometimes we go through some periods where there's not as many interesting people because it's about our preferences, right? But just put that belief in your mind. There's awesome people out there for you to connect with. If you believe there's awesome people, for you to meet, befriend, and share your time with, you're going to start noticing opportunities to do something about that. To meet those people, to go do new things, try new things, meet new people, make new friends. And number seven. Number seven is a two-part. It's <laughs> And they kind of contradict each other, but they're both important. Number seven is plan and be spontaneous. Plan and be spontaneous. So plan. If you need to plan a conversation with a friend that you haven't talked to in a while, message them and say, hey, we're talking next Thursday at 7.30. I'm going to give you a call. Plan to join a group, online group or in-person group. Plan to do a social event. Plan to host uh, uh, an event online or in-person. Plan. Plan something. Put something in your calendar that will help you connect and socialize plan. And then the other part of that, number seven, is be spontaneous. Also, be spontaneous. Which means if you all of a sudden one day have a spontaneous feeling to go for a walk somewhere, a different path throughout your neighborhood that you haven't walked before, or go to a new coffee shop that you haven't been to before, or do something completely spontaneous that you've never done before, do it. 
do it. You might notice that when you allow yourself to be spontaneous, you'll see new things. Um, it's good for the brain. I've noticed mental health over the years. The more I allow myself to be spontaneous, I balance it with planning. I do. I, I plan a lot, but I also be spontaneous. It's really good for the brain to see new things, to hear new things, to give yourself the opportunity to meet different people, um, connect with new people, make new friends. So just be, plan and be spontaneous. So there we go. <laughs> a quick review. These are amazing. Actually, it feels quite good to speak these out loud because I can see throughout my life for the past 10, 15 years, I've actually used these a lot. And even more so in the past few years, I've used these a lot. And it's made a huge difference in my life. So number one, deconstruct loneliness. Deconstruct, how are you doing it? Internal dialogue, mental imagery, sensations. Just be present with how, how it's happening. And you'll get some healthy emotional distance from that experience. You'll be able to witness it in a new way, develop a new relationship with loneliness so that you feel more in control of your life. Number two is reframe loneliness actually means pent-up love and curiosity. Loneliness means you've got pent-up love and curiosity inside you. Number three, open up to the possibility of feeling connected and loving while you're on your own. Feel connected to your body, your hobby, your sport, your art, whatever it is you love doing. Feel connected to that. Feel connected to the people you love, even when they're in other cities or on the other side of the world. Just feel good and think about them. You'll feel connected. Number four, express your curiosity. Remember lonely people? I won't call them lonely people because I, I get lonely. Sometimes I still get lonely. The lonely state of mind is usually void of curiosity. As soon as we bring curiosity into our state of mind, loneliness usually disappears and we just go follow our curiosity and we feel connected. Number five, notice the nonverbals while you're with people to feel more present, to feel more connected, to feel more loved. Notice their breathing, notice their body language as if you're a musician paying attention to the rhythm of the music, the sound and the rhythm of the music. Notice the tone of voice, all that good stuff. Also, make sure you're paying attention to what they're saying as well. It's got to be a balance there. Number six, belief change. What beliefs need to relax? What beliefs need to... I, I like the word relax, dissolve, and disappear. What beliefs need to relax, dissolve, and disappear so that I can more easily feel loved and connected. And then what beliefs need to strengthen so that I can more easily feel loved and connected. And then number seven, plan. Make some plans that will support your um, ability to feel loved and connected. Make some plans that feel right for you. And then also be spontaneous. Trust that intuition, that curiosity that is going to start. <laughs> I'm guessing that that's going to start bubbling up for you over the next few days. Curiosity. Because you're paying attention to all these ideas now. Integrating them into your own mind in ways that are right for you. This is what I'm guessing is happening. In ways that are right for you, you're going to notice yourself thinking new thoughts feeling new feelings and taking new actions towards 
your experience of connection and feeling loved as well. So that was the Gordon Faulkner Podcast, episode number two. I hope you enjoyed that. Remember, if you enjoyed, leave a positive comment. If you want to, give it a thumbs up, subscribe if you haven't already, because doing this helps me keep creating more of these episodes for you. And you can check the description of this episode and link over and grab a copy of my book, The Social Confidence Questions, 60 Transformative Questions to Help You Feel Confident, Be Authentic, and Connect Deeply. Stay tuned, because I'll be sharing more with you very soon.